You're listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, a podcast for professionals responsible for the safety and well-being of their employees. Each episode features an interview with a leader in employee safety to discuss how to protect your employees from a wide array of threats, from severe weather to a global pandemic. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Employee Safety Podcast. I'm Peter Steinfeld. Mike Tobitz joins the show today. He's a mechanical engineer with 50 years of experience in risk assessment and accident investigations, safety services, and occupational health and safety. He's a nationally recognized expert in helping organizations integrate lean principles into their safety programs, as well as a service called Prevention Through Design, which helps companies design out workplace hazards. Mike spent most of his career at General Motors, where he led the company's occupational safety and EHS programs, as well as risk reduction strategies, among many other roles. Currently, he's a senior advisor at FDR Safety and consults with organizations on a wide range of health and safety services. Mike shares an unbelievable amount of wisdom and advice in this episode, so let's get into it. Mike, can you give us just an overview of prevention through design? Certainly. It it is a concept that would have engineers collaboratively working with safety professionals, literally in the concept and design of any major project. And that could be whether it's a new building, machinery, equipment, industrial process, construction, I don't care. And what that requires for safety professionals is somehow engaging and earning the respect of engineers so that they come to understand that when they go out for competitive bid, and again, new or rebuilt machinery, equipment, or buildings, that safety has been considered. It's the opportunity to design out fall hazards, to design out and or mitigate the risk of caught-in hazards and machinery and equipment, anything that may be germane to someone's business. Well, with that lens of prevention through design, when you work with clients to assess their facilities and equipment, what's that process like? We have methodologies. My favorite is one called task-based risk assessment. It demands the knowledge of an experienced worker, whether it's production operation or skilled trade task, walk me through every step of the task. Do not criticize what they are doing. You capture the steps following the methodologies. And again, what sets it apart is instead of going, well, there's a hazard. And safety, I find typically, because of our past practice, gets into an immediate argument about, well, what kind of guard and do I lock it out? What do we do? And we haven't even measured the exposure, Peter. Now, when you look at other professions like industrial hygiene or noise control, well, you first go out and measure what the noise levels are. In industrial hygiene, before you put a respirator or ventilation in, you measure the exposures. Safety has never had an exposure measurement. I consider that using particularly task-based risk assessment, which measures the probability and severity of potential hazards at every step of a task to be a measure of exposure. I know you're also a big fan of lean thinking. Can you talk a bit more about lean and how it integrates with the prevention through design lens? Wow, I get two of my favorite topics all in one. I started studying Dr. Deming back in the 80s. Dr. Deming, for the younger set, was the PhD statistician who was in Japan after World War II. Dr. Deming taught 
the Japanese a new way of thinking. And his way of thinking got summed up in a 1990s MIT book called The Machine That Changed the World. And all they did was coin the term lean manufacturing to kind of capture all the different tools used in the Toyota production system. 5S and lean thinking and value stream mapping, how I use it, it's all based on respect for the worker. It is simple. It uses visual controls. I had to turn down a potential client just a couple of months ago who was considering having me come on site and do my kind of standard practice for task-based risk assessment, feasible risk reduction use in the hazard control hierarchy. But for some reason, the client didn't want to have their workers there. I'd tell them, well, have a nice time, but you're going to get someone else. And the reason for that is, Peter, because I don't know how to do it. No one knows the steps of a task except that worker that has to do it. And I can tell you from looking at really excellent companies with outstanding safe operating procedures and other things, but engaging those workers in a discussion where they develop trust around the process and the methodology and going, so tell me about the variables that we're not looking at. What, what happens if you get a new kid in on third shift and something happens? Those are the variables that can come out in that risk assessment that oftentimes are the variables that are never looked at until somebody has been seriously or fatally injured. I call the methodology of task-based risk assessment the voice of the factory floor. That's interesting. It's very much a symbiotic relationship, too. It seems like the best organizations realize that and they go to the people with the wisdom and they value that. Absolutely. And so I'll give you a little more on how lean thinking comes into play. Well, I'm a huge fan of standardized work, engineering me. It's a great way to get rid of variables and other things, with this exception. The standards that we write, and it comes down from on high and says, you have to use this. But what if there is a variable in the real world for the worker where they can't use that standard? And I'll give an example. Some years ago, it was called down. A woman had gone into a tier one supplier in Detroit, Michigan, small single cell robotic operation. The robot operated and she was injured, though, thank goodness, only slightly. So I got the workers and I said, well, tell me what this woman was doing. Well, she was going in to calibrate the gauge. And I said, okay, there's an interlock. Yep. Does the interlock kill the power to the gauge? And they said, yes. So what they had to do every time, this plant was running 24-7. This is where lean thinking and safety come into play. 24-7, they couldn't get enough production out. It took a mechanic surreptitiously, because the skin's company rules, had to come down and disable the interlock. For her to go in, turn the robot to off, make the very quick two-minute calibration, and then come back out. Had to be done every shift. Then the mechanic would have to come back and put it back in place. She was human. She made an error. The controls engineer from corporate was on site. I went up and I chatted with her and I introduced myself and I said, can you give me a new mode of operation that says calibrate gauge? where you will disable the robot and leave power onto the gauge? And she said, well, sure. Nobody ever asked. <laughs> the reason no one asked was the belief that guards prevent access. And the word that had come up from on high at corporate was, you better not disable an interlock. 
Well, in that kind of culture, do you think workers are going to raise their hand and go, hey, boss, this won't work? I had to get through to the plant manager. I said, if I teach your workers malicious compliance, call corporate and tell them that you are shut down and you will never run again because of bad design that did not anticipate the assigned task. These, these aren't people off doing things because they just want to. This is what it takes to run a plant. So when you take lean, simple, visual controls, respect for the workers, teamwork, getting input, and that is so critical, Peter, because after risk assessment, when you get into feasible risk reduction, my ultimate test, after we've done this with the hourly people and the engineers and safety who've been part of the training, we take it down to others on the factory floor who weren't part of it and said, can you understand this? And my final test for it is by looking everyone in the eye, would you allow your son or daughter to come in and do this task with these safeguards and these procedures in place? And if I get an affirmative nod, I don't need all the technical details of a risk assessment to know that we have achieved, and this is another critical piece of this, acceptable risk. Yeah, I can see how this can be really valuable for a manufacturing enterprise, but does it work for folks outside of manufacturing? We have a lot of listeners who, who aren't in manufacturing. How does prevention through design or lean help them? You cannot be lean without being safe. Because lean at its basics is the identification and elimination of waste. And in the Toyota production system, operationally, they've identified seven forms of operational waste. And I'll just rattle them off, not here to have a lesson, but correction, overproduction, excess motion of people, excess movement of material, waiting, inventory, and process. Either no process or a bureaucratic process. What they have forgotten is that the waste of a human being for injury illness is something that has to be considered, can be fully integrated. If I get into concept and design and I can eliminate or substitute a less hazardous material or I use less material for affluent and treatment of eliminated waste, less cost, better on the environment. You'll find lean is big in the construction industry. And all of these concepts that I'm mentioning to you, I have applied in construction, in the process industries where they're using process safety management, et cetera. Well, speaking of those listeners, what can they do to start designing out hazards that they see and experience on a regular basis? You have to find what are your issues? What are you doing for fall hazard control? What are you doing for guarding? What are you doing to protect your workers? When they have a jam or they have to do a quality check of necessity, you're no longer being guarded against inadvertent access, which is normal production. All manufacturing, continuous flow, discrete, anybody, you just want things running along. Got good quality, that's the lowest risk, everything's great. But typically, the unplanned, unscheduled, something went wrong and somebody has to go in is when people are injured. Those things have to be anticipated and they can be. Why do I know they can be? Because I was an engineer. There's tools, there's articles, there's writing, there's lots of things that any size organization, whether it's a company of 50 to 100 or thousands of employees can use for prevention through design. Well, to wrap things up, what would you say you're most passionate about when it comes to this line of work? I'm most passionate about being able to engage hourly workers 
teach them a new way of thinking and doing. Because we use these methodologies, go out the factory floor, take their biggest challenges, got the engineers, got safety people, and watching adult learners who are inherent problem solvers once you get rid of the shackles. Zero energy, zero risk, etc. And when that happens and watching their joy, and this was just a little over a month ago, Peter, and at the end they go around and ask for a quick report out from everyone what, what they learned. And one operator looked up and he said, I learned a lot, but there goes 25 years of safety training. Mm. So that's what I'm passionate about is trying to unleash the problem-solving skills for organizations to solve real problems from the perspective of their workers, not just forcing standardized work and best practice coming from on high that is great, but may not anticipate all of the variables that the worker knows they have to contend with in the real world. Well, this has been really great. I learned a ton. So thanks for taking the time to join us and helping our listeners create safer workplaces. Well, Peter, it's been a pleasure. One of my favorite topics. So if any listeners figure out a way where we can better train and help educate the the country and the world on this, give me a call. I'm there to help. Great. How can they get in touch with you? How do they find you out there? They can find me best through my work email of mtobitz, T as in Tom, A-U, B as in boy, I-T-Z, all lowercase, at fdrsafety.com. And that is frankdograbbitsafety.com. And I'm pretty good about getting back to people when I get questions coming in. Excellent. Well, thanks again to Mike and to our listeners for joining us on the Employee Safety Podcast. I hope you'll subscribe to the show at Alert Media's website or on your favorite podcast player. We'd also appreciate you giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Have a safe week, everyone. Alert Media is changing the way your leaders and response teams connect and communicate effectively when seconds matter. We provide our customers with a comprehensive solution for monitoring threats around the world and deploying fast, effective emergency communication. You need a panic-proof solution for high-stakes moments. In just a few clicks, your team can send a multi-channel notification to an impacted group of people and confirm their safety immediately. When employee safety is at stake, don't just communicate. Connect and confirm with a robust emergency communication solution. Visit alertmedia.com for more information. You've been listening to the Employee Safety Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give a quick rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.